What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 15 of the Boys Podcast. It's crazy to me that we're getting to almost episode 20 at this rate, but we're officially in football season. And this week, we're going to break down the week one games from Thursday Night Football to the late, late Monday Night Football game. Break them down, go through stats, and we'll have our predictions for week two. And, you know, we are probably going to throw in some more random BS because that's what we do around here. That's a thing. That's what we're good at. All right, we're going to start right off the bat with the season opener last Thursday night. The defending champion Kansas City Chiefs at home against the Houston Texans. Yeah. Uh, This win as expected. Yeah, I don't feel like anybody really put any money on the Texans winning. Uh, Final score was 34-20. That game was not that close. Should not have been that close. Not at all. No. Patrick Mahomes comes out, looks like Patrick Mahomes is going to look for the next 15 years, probably. Uh, But this is also a night that he didn't have to do much. He really didn't 24 for 32 which is 75 percent completion percentage for those keeping score 211 yards and three touchdowns and that's a that's a pretty pedestrian stat line for Patrick Mahomes honestly enough it is I mean it's it's patty though like you said 24 32 211 three touchdowns um you know the story though that's the real story. I'll let you LSU have LSU running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. When this man was drafted back in April, I looked at my TV and went, oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Because he was not the best back on the board at the time. That was still J.K. Dobbins. Who, Agreed. Who is somebody we'll talk to about in a little bit. Yes. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fit the system in Kansas City. And you want to know how he fit the system? 25 carries, 138 yards on the ground, one touchdown. Five and a half yards a carry on 25 carries. Now, we did talk about, Carl and I did at least privately, how current Cleveland Browns running back Kareem Hunt did the same thing against this same Texans team. Yeah. But, the Texans defense is not shabby. No? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, there is no way in the world that Damian Williams gets his job back. No. Mm Mm-hmm. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, just to put it into perspective, later on in this week, the NFL rushing leader last year, Derrick Henry, had 116 yards. It took him 31 carries. Against a non without, without against a team that doesn't have Von Miller. Yeah. So Um so as far as Patty's other weapons, uh Sammy Watkins, yeah, everybody started this guy in fantasy, right? Uh, Absolutely no one. Seven catches, 82 yards, one TD. Travis Kelsey, six catches, 50 yards, one TD. Tyreek Hill, five catches, 46 yards, one TD. Uh, Chris Jones on defense added a sack and a half, and he just got paid. So let's see. Mahomes gets paid, throws three touchdowns. Kelsey gets paid, catches a touchdown. Chris Jones gets paid, gets a sack and a half. Oh, by the way, that's two sacks. NFL, get rid of that half sack bullshit. Please. Literally just, so much. just, oh my god. It's one of my least favorite stats in the league. It's um, the half. Yeah, going on to the Texan side of things, Deshaun Watson, who was, he was 20 of 32 for 253, one touchdown on the ground, one touchdown through the air, and one interception. Uh, Carl mentioned David Johnson, 11 carries, 77 yards, and a TD himself. 
Um, this is what happens, ladies and gentlemen, when Wolf Fuller is able to stay on the football field. Eight catches and 112 yards. And the next closest receiver had three catches. Yeah. And that was David Johnson. So, I'm going to leave that conversation for a little bit later on when we get to the Cardinals, because that's where that topic is going to go into. Um, oh, I can but yeah, top. Carl said said it. Uh, the Texans scored first to make it seven nothing, and then Kansas City did the same thing they did this past week that they did in January, and responded with thirty one unanswered. Texans couldn't move the ball on offense because they don't have an offensive line. Deshaun Watson was running for his life every single play, and they couldn't stop Clyde Edwards-Helaire. It was plain and simple. Um, the game predictions for Week Two won't be done until the end of the podcast, but I will kind of brush over who they will be playing. Uh, the Kansas City Chargers travel to SoFi Stadium to take on the L.A. Chargers, which is the Chargers' debut inside the new stadium, and the Houston Texans. It's like, hey, you get Kansas City week one, you got Baltimore week two. Have fun. Have the last two MVPs. Just have them. All right. The next game, Carl will introduce, and maybe it's a – I really wish Delby were here for this. Oh, No. Oh, no. We're going to... Oh, no. The Philadelphia Eagles headed into Washington to take on the football team. Yes, the football team. The weirdest thing what ever. What a tale of two games. The very, very... It was like two different games being played. It was. It was, as we all know, the football team projected to be not good. Projected to not be a good team. Sorry, Delby. But I, I love you, Delby. But... I can't say a whole lot, and we'll get there in a little bit. This was, um, yeah. uh, Eagles dominated for the most part for the first half. They were up seventeen nothing. Looked Uh, good. Carson Wentz looked great. Zach Ertz looked good. Dallas Goddard looked real good. Yeah, he looked real good sitting on my fantasy bench. Yeah, he did. Man, nice job. Yeah, he did. Um, and then all the momentum changed. When Dwayne Haskins threw a touchdown pass to Virginia Tech alum Logan Thomas. With tight end Logan Thomas. That, frequent of the Roanoke TJ Max and home goods. Yes, sir. That um that of course made it seventeen to seven. And then soon it was twenty four seventeen when the clocks hit triple zeros. The Eagles have had massive injuries on the offensive line, and I can already hear Buddha and W arguing about this. Um Let's, let's just be real. The Washington front four has been hyped up the entire offseason, and they are for real, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, I know Philly are. had a decimated offensive line, but eight sacks. Also, and Delby and I talked about this too, this is my opinion, Carson Wentz is a big part of why the Eagles lost this football game. I agree. His decision-making, after he took the first couple sacks, his decision-making went downhill. Because I feel like Carson Wentz knows if he continues to get hit, he's not going to have a long career in this league. We're looking at one sack for John Bostic, one and a half for Chase Young, one and a half for Matt Ioannidis, two for Ryan Kerrigan, one for Montez Sweat, and a half sack apiece for Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. That's Um, eight sacks. Going into the Eagles with their stats, Carson Wentz, 24 of 42, 270, two touchdowns, two picks. Um, yeah, I don't even have the running stats for the Eagles because it's nothing worth mentioning because Miles Sanders is out and 
Boston Scott, who I added in fantasy. What a horrible decision that was on my part. 35 yards. Um, We talked about Dallas Goddard. Eight catches, 101-1 touchdown. A massive play from <laughs> from from the rookie wide receiver, Jalen Rager, on a 55-yard catch. Zach Ertz added a touchdown early. Wentz, not, without, not only turning the ball over twice by an interception, he also fumbled twice and lost one. So that's three turnovers. Could have been in up five. For defense for the Eagles, it was led by Nathan Gary with 10 tackles, two of those being for loss. Going on to Washington, Dwayne Haskins, nothing special but got it done. 17-31, 178, and a touchdown. Peyton Barber, because we all expected that name to come back, rushed for two touchdowns. Logan Thomas added a score, and fantasy god Terry McLaurin had five catches for 61 yards. Um, as Carl talked about, defense rained, rained, and rained. Ryan Kerrigan, who became the Washington football team's all-time leader in sacks, he had two. Chase Young and Matt Iadonis, I think that's how you say that man's name, had sack and a half, which is two. I hate that stat so much. Yep. Um, as Carl mentioned, Jonathan Allen, John Bostic, Montez Sweat, and Deron Payne. This defensive line has five first-round picks. They're all first-rounders. Oh, my. Um, also, got to give a little props to my team's former head coach, Ron Rivera, who had to get an IV at halftime so he could coach the second half due to his ongoing cancer battle. What a man. Um, massive respect. This Washington team is young. They're hungry. The Eagles, literally, they thought they were going to walk away with this. And mm-hmm. when you're playing a Ron Rivera coach football team, they're never going to give up, even though when they get down, they usually, even though when they get leads, they usually flail at the arms and do everything else under the damn sun. Just kind of give up on it a little bit. Um, as far as next week, I hope this Eagles fixes their offensive line because they're hosting the Los Angeles Rams and Aaron Donald. We'll get into him at the very end because holy hell. And, and, of course, Washington travels to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Yeah, I think the Eagles are going to be fine moving forward. Lane Johnson's back in practice. Miles Sanders is back in practice today. They just got to get it figured out. All righty, on to a AFC East matchup between the Miami Dolphins and the debuting Cam Newton and the New England Patriots. Carl, what are your thoughts? Can we just talk about how weird 11 points looks on a stat sheet? Very weird. Patriots pick up a win, 21-11. Cam Newton comes out. He does Cam Nothing Newton special things. throwing the ball. Very he, pedestrian day throwing the ball, 10 he, yards per attempt. He, 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 of course, does Cam Newton little things. He does. He takes the ball for 15 carries, which led the team by a lot. Well, yeah, because that for backfield is five yards and two scores. Um, Cam looked good. Very good. I like Cam. Cam looked very, very good. Glossing back over to the Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick looked bad. Oh, he looked terrible. It was, no, it was so bad at halftime, Dolphins fans were already calling for Tua. Yeah. Which they need to chill with that. I absolutely agree. Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, no, like, let's not throw Tua to the Patriots defense. You no. need to chill out. And then they have to reiterate the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick is still the starter. 
Because, oh, they just get to play the Bills next week. That's yeah, fine, it's only they're only a somewhat good defense. Yeah. Um, Stats-wise, it's a very ugly game, stats-wise, all around. Um, the only person that really stood out for me for the for the Dolphins in general, Sharon Baker on defense, had 16 tackles and one sack. And a fourth fumble. And a fourth fumble. Was um, easily the best Dolphin on the field. Easily. Um, the Patriots has played a very Patriots game. Yeah, I agree. Um, as far as it comes to them, uh, for the Patriots, as you said, Cam was 15 and 19, 155, nothing special, but he doesn't need to be anything special. Uh, 15 carries, 75 yards, two rushing TDs. The Patriots were led in receiving by Julian Edelman with 57 yards on five catches. Which, if the Patriots are going to do anything going forward, they either got to go find themselves another receiver or they got to get some production from someone not named Julian Edelman. Agreed. Um, uh, they had three interceptions on defense. Safety, Adrian Phillips. Cornerback, J.C. Jackson. And what a shock here. Defensive back, Stephon Gilmore, who is the best corner in football. Uh, on Miami side of things, Fitzpatrick, 20-30, three touchdowns. Miles Gaskin. Led the Dolphins in the run department with 40 yards on nine carries. Miles Gaskin. That one. Miles Gaskin, who was ridiculously talented in college at the University of Washington. Trust me, I know. He ran all over Oregon multiple times. Um, and Jordan Howard. Got to give respect to Jordan Howard for not averaging a single yard per carry. Yeah, but he did have the lone offensive touchdown. He did score. Um. As we said, they didn't really do much on offense. You mentioned Jerome Baker, 16 tackles, one sack, and one forced fumble. Uh, as of next week, the game of the week next week is New England will be in Seattle on Sunday Night Football. Cam Newton versus Russell Wilson. That has happened a lot over the past eight years. Um, and as Carl mentioned, the Dolphins are back at home hosting the Buffalo Bills. Who, by the way, the Bills, uh, the Bills, want, the Bills fan base won a... Social media tournament for the best fan base in the NFL. Bills Mafia, stand up. Stand up. All right. The next game. Let's see what Jordan thinks when we get done talking about this. Oh, the, the Green Bay, Minnesota, week one. Why you got piss Aaron Rodgers off? Yeah, I know, right? So basically... Why? What happens here is they draft Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers goes WTF, and then, as Carl's about to explain, this happens. 32 of 44, 364 yards, and four touchdowns. On a very, albeit very young, secondary for Minnesota. You've got to have more talent on the field than to allow a man to score, to throw for 364 yards and four scores. Now, I also understand that the secondary for Minnesota is extremely young. But let's be honest, outside of Devontae Adams, there's nobody catching the ball over there. No. Because you, there is no way that Marcos Valdez Scantling is going to do that from week to week. No. And then you've got Alan Lazard also caught a touchdown. 
Uh, Aaron Jones, 16 carries, 66 yards, ran in for a touchdown. Is this an underlying problem for the Vikings, or is this the Packers going to be led by nothing but Aaron Rodgers and probably win 12 games? More than likely, that's what's going to happen. Um, with Minnesota, I think they'll be fine. They just... It doesn't hurt having Daniil Hunter out. No. Jordan and I talked about. It also doesn't hurt that their new acquisition in Yannick had three days yeah. with the team. And what does he get? The best left tackle in football in David Bacardi. Flipping to the other side... Kirk Cousins, genius completion percentage, like, as always. That's what he does. He completes passes. Here's 19 to 25, 259, two touchdowns, one pick. That's the very Kirk Cousins stat line. The, the stat that concerns me is that, yeah, granted, you were behind a lot. You only give Dalvin Cook 12 carries. Also impressive for Dalvin Cook. Not only did he have two touchdowns, he also had two successful two-point conversion runs. Yes. 43-34, final score. Looks a lot closer than the game played. Or it looked a lot closer than the game seemed. Aaron Rodgers was throwing the ball all over the yard. Carl, you know what I just realized? Huh? Good thing you got the scores in front of you, because I didn't put the scores on any of these. I got you. So this is what happens when you do notes for 16 games plus week two predictions. You forget a few things. Yeah, just a couple, and you know. Adam Thielen looked great. As usual. Six catches, 110 on through the air, two touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. Why all the two-point conversions? Because Jair Alexander had a safety. Yes. Who's also one of the most underrated cornerbacks in football, but that's a topic for another day. Yes, it is. Um... As far as defense goes, there wasn't a ton of defense played in this game. Can't tell by the score. Um, Christian Kirksey led the Packers and tackles with 12. Nobody else had more than seven, six or seven. And as for the Vikings, Eric Kendricks did what Eric Kendricks does. Tackles a lot with 11. 11? I thought it was 10. No, I got four total and four, or seven tackles and four assists, which is also one of the stupidest stats in the league. Oh, the assisted you, to me, you, to me, the only to, sack, the tackle thing that matters is total. How many times do you get your arms around somebody? I agree. I can run out there and get four assisted uh, tackles. We've gone Roger. through. Uh, I mean, the, I mean, bro, that one throw by Rogers. To Devontae Adams in the corner. Yes. It's like, wh- what even? Uh, just Wait, to go, by the way, Devontae Adams. How do you have the gumption to throw that? Because <laughs> his name is Aaron Rodgers, and he can get away with it. Devontae right. Adams, 14 catches, 156, two touchdowns. To top five receiver in the league, and if you don't say that, then you don't watch football. Agreed. He's probably three, maybe four. Uh, where do you rate him? Because if that comes out of my mouth, I'm going to get convinced of biasism. <laughs> I personally have him... Four? 
He's my three, and it has nothing to do with the fact that I dislike Michael Thomas. I just think what Devontae Adams does is more impressive. Yeah, I have Julio, Hopkins, Thomas, Adams. But with Thomas out missing time, which we'll get to shortly, Devontae Adams is going to get a lot of targets in this offense. Well, of course he is. He's the only freaking consistent weapon. A lot of targets. They didn't complete a pass to a tight end, and he threw for... Because Green Bay has no tight ends. Yeah, Jay Sternberger. Who also, by the way, in Madden 20, was always open. Oh, yeah, that's a thing that happens. Heading into next week, Green Bay hosts the Detroit Lions, while the Vikings head to Indianapolis to play the... Oh, the, the Colts. Oh, Speaking of. Oh, no. I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah, oh, you, uh, yeah, you should have expected this, my friend. Oh, I'm not ready. The Jacksonville hapless Jaguars in somehow, some way, some fashion upset the Indianapolis Colts. Because Philip Rivers can't see. The Jacksonville Jaguars came out firing. Gardner Minshew was surgical. He was 19 to 20 for 173 and three touchdowns. Y'all, I wish you could see this man's face. You don't want to see my face right now. You have three rookies absolutely dismantling this Colts team. Their running back, James Robinson, 16 carries, 62 yards. Does anybody even know who James Robinson is? A guard facts. Gardner Minshew threw three touchdowns all to a different player. One, two. One to Keelan Cole Sr., one to their third-round pick, LaVisca Chenault, and the other to their best player, DJ Chark Jr. Josh Jones had 12 tackles. Miles Jack had 11. Safety, Andrew Wigard Jr. had an interception off Phillip Rivers. And the best rookie of Week 1, cornerback C.J. Henderson, looked like he played 10 years in this league. He had three. He had one interception, which was a great read on the football. He had three. He had three pass breakups, including the big one to seal the game on fourth down against Ty. I'm gonna let Carl cover the Colts stats, his team, but oh boy, they didn't deserve to win this damn game. They played like crap. We didn't deserve to be in the game. Okay. Oh, Philip Rivers, turnover problems is. Later part of his career. I won't say his entire career. 363, one touchdown, two brutal interceptions. Also, 46 times throwing the ball. I usually would advocate against that, but you can't really do much when your starting running back destroys his Achilles in the just, first quarter. Just jellos his Achilles shortly after the start of the game. Which now means Jonathan Taylor's season, even though Nakeem Hines had two touchdowns. But that's what Nakeem Hines does. That's what Hines does. But Taylor came out of Frank the- Reich's mouth, Jonathan Taylor is the starter at the running back position. Right. It's a course Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor led the backfield. Well, led Eric Woods. Y'all can't see him. With nine carries, 22 yards. Marlon Mack had 26 he yards. Had six catches, 60 yards, right? Yeah. Taylor out of the backfield. That was his one knock, but he couldn't catch yep. out of the backfield. Didn't catch. But guess what? He catches now. 
Paris Campbell led the Colts in receiving yards, which is a problem. Six catches for 71 yards. Um, T.Y. Hilton had four catches for 53 on nine targets. Also, the fact that Michael Pittman was only targeted twice. We have him somewhere around wide receiver four or five, depending on Um, the day. The Colts did manage to get four sacks on Gardner Minshew, but Jacksonville's offensive line is not good. No. So that's an issue. Uh, They were led by Darius Leonard with nine tackles, but Darius Leonard was terrible this game. He didn't play well from from all the film that I've seen. Danico Autry had their two two of their four sacks. He played all right. Um, as you said, that one interception, you could really put it on Phillip Rivers or you could just put it on C.J. Henderson just making a play. But that second one, I don't know where that man was throwing the football. I Phillip Rivers has a hero complex, I believe. He always thinks that he can make the throw when he needs to make the throw. And at this point in his career, and for the last several years, he can't make the throw. I don't know. I don't know what this team is. I don't know. Can you hear it in my voice? I'm just sad. Oh, this is uh, interesting. Like we don't already have enough receivers, the Panthers hosted wide receiver Akeem Butler for a visit today. That's a big man. Yeah, I don't really understand why. I mean, we got enough receivers as it is. Make that man play tight end. Um, just to go into a few things real quick before we go on to no, – oh, let me get the last thing out of the way before we go into the transaction news real quick. The Colts, we have talked about they are back home hosting the Minnesota Vikings, and Jacksonville travels to Tennessee to face the Titans. Um, speaking of the Titans, or I guess the team they played Monday night, the Denver Broncos have placed defensive back A.J. Boye on injured reserve with a shoulder injury. Due to COVID, the injury reserve this year is a little different. You have to stay on there for three weeks, and then you're eligible to return. Which hurts for Denver because they're already hurting on defense. Super thin. Defense is super thin. A lot of the other... There isn't really a crazy amount. A lot of these teams are just getting guys on practice squads. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers have placed Richard Sherman on injured reserve. Uh, we talked about Akello Weatherspoon, who was supposed to take Sherman's place, is in concussion protocol as well. Yeah, the uh, Colts placed Marlon Mack on injured reserve, obviously. The Falcons have officially re-signed Laquan Treadwell to their practice squad. <laughs> There you go, Jordan. I'll get to the Falcons. Um, there you go, Jordan. I, I I just oh this is the this is the pretty big one. San Francisco, who has had so much injuries in the wide receiver position, keep trying to find ways to fix it, and they have now signed free agent wide receiver Mohamed Sanu to a one year deal. I think that could help. I feel like that could help them a lot because. I agree. I just. Spoiler alert: Jimmy Garoppolo looks terrible. Yeah, which when doesn't he? Right. Um, the most interesting, I guess, the most crazy team was Dallas. 
because they've placed tight end Blake Jarwin, who tore his ACL non-contact. Hate to see it. Linebacker Leighton Vander Esch, rookie collarbone. He'll be back. And Cam Irving, who got his leg rolled back up on on injured reserve. Buddha, this is where I kind of got to get on you for a second about something. The Cowboys signed Rashad Smith to their practice squad and Alex Light. Oh, my. Look, I know Alex Light. I went to school with him. This man cannot play football <laughs> at the NFL level. Oh, and let's not forget, the man who's been injured for the last 44 years, Sean Lee, is going to be out until mid-October, too. Yeah. So, Dallas was a lot more... Uh, it's the damn Cowboys, that's all I have to say. That's all we got to say about that. All right, back to the games. Adam, 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 Adam. Oh, Adam. Oh. Clearly in fourth place. Oh, my. The Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions for three quarters. The Lions dominated this game. And then they decided to make Mitchell Trubisky look like Patrick damn Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes just showed up in Detroit in the form of Mitch Trubisky. You know what I'm just realizing looking at these? Uh-huh. I don't have the Lions stats on here. I got you. <laughs> All right, we'll start with the Bears. Mitch Trubisky, 20-36, 242, and three scores. He threw for over half of that and all three in the fourth quarter. Yes. The Lions gave up on this game. Oh, no, you know what my favorite thing is? If you look at the quarterback ratings in the fourth quarter this week, Mahomes ain't number one, Lamar ain't number one, Breeze ain't number one, it's Mitchell Trubisky. It's Mitchell Trubisky. Like, the bad thing is, if he keeps playing like this, Bears will be in the playoffs. It, it, yeah? Uh, let's see. David Montgomery led the backfield, 13 carries, 64 yards, which is good to see because he was nursing an injury the last couple weeks. Tariq Cohen. Out of the backfield. Two catches, six yards, seven carries, 41 yards. Very pedestrian numbers. Anthony Miller. Yeah, Anthony Miller. Led the led the Bears in receiving by two yards. Of four catches for 76 and a touchdown. Al also, Robinson. can we talk about how much of a dime of a throw that was? Right. Why are we giving Mitchell Trubisky so much respect? Um, um, because if, if your he, dad's gonna throw a fit. Okay, okay, look, I'm not Mitch Trubisky's biggest fan. We all know this, but when you play like that, you deserve credit. I agree. That Alan was a Robinson, brilliant throw. Allen Robinson, pay that man. Allen Robinson, right who's been in the news, he had five catches, seventy-four yards. There was a bunch of stuff coming out, but he said today that he sat down with Matt Nagy. They've worked everything out that he can't allow a contract to def- to defer his performance on the field, which is. Highly respectable. Um, but, yeah, he deserves to get paid. If Bears don't pay him, classic Chicago Bears front office. Classic Chicago Bears. Defense, not a whole lot. Not No eye-popping stats for this game. Kyle Fuller had an interception. Okay, can we talk about how good Jalen Johnson was, though? Jalen Johnson, minus the fact that he got absolutely destroyed by Marvin Jones. Looks really good. Out of Utah, six tackles, two yeah. pass breakups, 
including one on fourth down to ice the game after DeAndre Swift literally ended his entire man's career. He forgot he had hands, okay? I'll let Carl go into the Lions stats because I forgot to write him down. Um, also, t- also, tight end Jimmy Graham had a touchdown. The guy who has a no-trade clause for some apparent reason. I didn't even know that was a thing in the NFL, to be completely honest with you. I yeah. thought that was an NBA thing. But yeah, okay. it's got a thing. Matthew Stafford, 24 for 42. Why did all of these quarterbacks throw the ball over 40 times? Well, it doesn't shock me with Detroit because they have such a cluster, you know word, of a backfield. We're going to get to that. Matthew Stafford, 24-42, 297 yards, a touchdown, and an interception picked up by Kyle Fuller, as I said. Adrian Peterson, been in the Bills for like six days, 14 carries, 93 yards, had more carries than Carrion Johnson and DeAndre Swift combined, but DeAndre Swift did rush in for one touchdown. Which doesn't matter because he literally had the game right in his damn hands. Oh, the poor kid. Also, if you've watched film, the look on Matthew Stafford's face, if looks could kill. It's, uh, Matthew Stafford's been there his whole career. He's a lion. Yeah, he understands. Oh, and by the way, they did not have Kenny Galladay for this game. They did not. They need to get Kenny Galladay back because he's on one of my fantasy teams and I kind of need him. Me too. So, Danny Amendola led the Lions in receiving five catches, 81 yards. TJ Hawkinson, five catches, 56, and a touchdown. So, basically, what you're telling me is TJ Hawkinson, this is his good game. Yeah. He's going to do what he did last year and disappear off the face of the planet. Exactly what he did last year. Ladies and gentlemen, do not draft tight ends in the top 10. Nope, never. Uh, once again, nothing huge. Jumps out on defense. Very solid game for Tracy Walker with seven tackles. Uh, Trey Flowers got a sack. That's about it. The Lions did not play. They they played well for two and a half, three quarters, and then the fourth quarter came and they gave up. Yeah, that pretty much explains it for Detroit. That's usual Detroit-level things. And the other thing is Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay are very good receivers. Their backfield's crowded, but there's a lot of talent back there. Their defense is pretty okay. They also did not have Jeff Okuda this game. Correct. Um, it's just, to me, it's coaching, man. Matt Patricia sucks. Yeah, he's not good. Um, How are all coaches under Bill Belichick's tree so bad? Except for Brian Flores. Except for Brian Flores. Um, Maybe pay attention more. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, but just... Um, but outside of Trubisky, Jalen Johnson, the Bears might have found something. I think they might have. Um, he was good. Was- in, he was good at Utah, but he was everywhere. Six tackles, including those two pass breakups I talked about. One that iced the game. Even though, let's be real, DeAndre Swift lost the game. He did. Matthew Stafford came out earlier today in a Sports Illustrated article and said he still trusted DeAndre Swift. So that's good for the kid. Um, the Bears. What's Stafford supposed to say? The Chicago Bears are back home next week at Soldier Field hosting the New York Giants. And the Lions, as we've talked about, they will travel to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers. And God help them. Right. Okay, next. Next. 
Are we going to the Panthers? We're going yeah. to yeah, we're going to Charlotte. We're going to Charlotte. All right. The, the honestly, Las Vegas Raiders headed into Charlotte. Honestly, best game of the week. And I'm not just saying that because I watched the whole thing. I legit think it was. Um, it was constant back and forth. Both these teams are not projected to win a lot. Um, the Raiders, it was Josh Jacobs. A lot of Josh Jacobs. Uh, Carolina did put up a massive fight in the fourth on the backs of uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and I wonder who that running back's name is. Yeah, that guy. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um the Panthers' offense put up 30 points in this game. They did lose 34-30, to but I was very impressed with the fact they were able to put up 30 points on a Raiders defense that is not shabby. Also, i got to call out Damon Arnett for a second because this is how you know welcome to the league, son. This man who was known at Ohio State for hard hits tried to hard hit Christian McCaffrey, and Christian McCaffrey ran his ass over. <laughs> Got trucked. That's why you wrap up people and not try to knock them out. Young Damon Arnett. Also, such an overdraft, but we've talked about that before. Um, Panthers on the defensive side, I've been talking about it this entire time we've been doing the podcast. They are young. They started four rookies on defense this past week. Defensive end, Yutir Gross-Matos. Defensive tackle, Derek Brown. Linebacker slash safety, Jeremy Chen. And cornerback, Troy Pride. All look pretty solid, especially Jeremy Chen. Um, yeah, looked looked incredible. Um, and the Raiders simply took advantage of that. Going into uh, the Panthers' stats, Teddy Bridgewater, 22-34, 270, and one touchdown, even though 75 of that came off of one play. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, 23 carries, 96 yards, two touchdowns, also had 38 yards on the ground. So over 100 yards from scrimmage, no shock there. Christian does that every yeah. game. Uh, Robbie Anderson led us in receiving for six catches, 115 yards, one touchdown, even though 75 of that was on one play. Also, Robbie Anderson, I love you, man. But come on, you got to respect the mascot, dude. Sir Purr, what is that bear doing? Oh, um, oh quote pa- of the day. Panthers were led by Shaq Thompson, who put up 12 tackles, while Jeremy Chin added eight and had a beautiful open field solo tackle to prevent a touchdown. And Carl can go into Vegas. Derek Carr, 22 for 30, 239 in a touchdown. Looked pretty good. Didn't look bad. They, he did what he had to do. But Josh Jacobs, 25 carries, 93 yards, three touchdowns. And as great as that sounds, that's 3.7 yards of carry, so he had that's to earn it. 3.7 yards of carry, which is two less yards per carry than the Panthers' defense average last year. So I'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. Uh, receiving goes Henry Ruggs, insanely fast rookie out of Alabama, drafted first round. Three catches, 55 yards. I think he had all of that in the first half, maybe. Yep, because he, because I believe he got hurt at the end of the first half and didn't play yeah. the rest of the game. Uh, Darren Waller led them in catches with six catches. He had 45 yards. Josh Jacobs out of the backfield had 46 yards on four catches. Which, if he can add catching the ball to his repertoire, he's going to be a problem for many years. Um, defense, Jonathan Abram, 13 tackles. Including a tackle for loss. Including a TFL. What tells... what? 
when a safety hybrid is leading your team in tackles, you're getting the ball run on you a lot. Yeah. Um, as you said, Damon Arnett, a huge overdraft, five tackles. Don't think he did anything very special. No, he didn't. And when he tried to do a truck thing on McCaffrey, McCaffrey brushed him side like a twig. He got ruined. Jason Witten, one catch, two yards, keeps his streak alive for games with a catch. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Just from someone who watched the entire game, first half was very rough, Carolina. But what Vegas did on the goal lines is they were running to the side with Josh Jacobs because every time they tried to run up the middle, they met K.K. Short and Derek Brown, and that got stopped. Um, also, a beautiful pass deflection at the line of scrimmage by Derek Brown. Should have been an interception, but he's a rookie in his first game with no preseason. Let it slide. Um, Let's brush over the fact that Nelson Aguilar called a touchdown. He had hands. Okay, let me talk about that for a second. Because Troy Pride Jr. was draped all over this man. If he was wide open, he wouldn't have called it. That's that. Perfect offense beats perfect defense every single time. Agreed. I don't care what sport. NBA, NFL, National Hockey League, MLB, soccer. Does he actually play defense in baseball? Yes. You just kind of walk out there. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, you play. the ball gets hit to you. Yeah, there's defense. Some people are better in the field than others. Shifting, which wasn't a thing up until like a couple years ago. Agreed. Um, yeah, uh, next week, Carolina will travel to Tampa Bay to take on Brady and the Bucks, And the and the Raiders will return home for their first game inside the Legion Stadium, and they get the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football. Yeah, and that wraps that week up. Well, this game up anyway. Alrighty. Uh, take a little break for a second before we get to the hapless New York Jets. Um, oh. oh, God. The Big Ten has 100% unanimously approved a return to play for the middle of next month, which will make them eligible for the college football playoff. And by them, I mean Ohio State. Yeah. Um. It's about the only them that's going to come out of the Big Ten. But it should be a pretty fun year. Um, this past week, uh, man, did Trevor Lawrence look on point. Trevor Lawrence looked spectacular. Which is a roughness for the rest of this league. Um, yeah. One thing will forever remain the same. Sorry, buddy. 2020 Florida State with Florida State. I just took a lot of L's this weekend, okay? <laughs> you did take a lot of L's. Okay, it's a thing. I mean, hey, I, I mean, hey the only thing you did right was take a W over me in fantasy. but And yes. actually, no, too, because you beat me in fantasy, and then you beat the crap out of Luke, too. Yeah, way to go, Luke. Hope uh, you're alive. <laughs> um, yeah, as far as, you know, college football this weekend, Clemson looked good. Florida State looked good. They just couldn't execute. Okay. <laughs> you can see this man right now. Okay, we're good. Nope, we look um, good. We looked a lot better than we ever did under Willie Tiger. That's nope. not that difficult. Yeah, um, no, next week, girl one. Uh, next week, you still really got only the SEC. The SEC will return on the twenty sixth, and that is when my Virginia Tech Hokies are supposed to play their first game. They're supposedly on September 26th, Saturday at night, hosting NC State inside Lane Stadium. But, you know, Tech is massacred with COVID cases right now. Who in the world knows? 
But, uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are pretty much the only top seven, eight picks that are even playing. Yeah. Everybody else has pretty much opted out. College football is super weird to watch this this year. Oh, yeah, it's very weird. All right. The hapless New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. This score, the, ga- the score of this game does not tell the story of how lopsided this game was. It does not. Bills win 27-17. As Ian just said, game not that close. I will say for the Jets, though. No, I won't. Sam Darnold looked bad. He just looked bad. 21 for 35, 215, a touchdown, and a pick. They couldn't run the ball. Le'Veon Bell hurt. Is Le'Veon Bell hurt, or does he just not want to play for the Jets? Who knows? I wouldn't blame him. No. You've got 97-year-old Frank Gore going to be leading the backfield for the next foreseeable future. Who did average four yards a carry. Of though. course he did. Yeah, that's just a thing that happens. Jamison Crowder went off, though. Seven catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Six catches for Christopher Herndon, the tight end, 37 yards. That's about all they did. As I said, okay, I was a little unfair. Sam Darnold looked okay. He looked like Sam Darnold. You expect Sam Darnold to look. Um, yeah. On the Jets, Darnold, 21-35. Why are these quarterbacks throwing the ball so much? By the way, see what Mike Greenberg said about Sam Darnold. I did not. That if he was starting a youth football league, that he would not hire Adam Gase to coach the team. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I see no mistakes in this Adam, statement. Adam Gase is the worst coach in football in any level. High school, peewee, college, professional. I wouldn't... I, w- I wouldn't hire this man to be the ball carrier of my peewee football team. You drop it. Um, yeah, Darnold 21-35, 2-15, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, there was no running game to be found. 52 yards with four guys. Uh, as you said, Jamison Crowder had a good game. Crowder is very underrated. Seven catches, 115, one touchdown. He just needs to get off that shit show. Uh, they did force two fumbles from Josh Allen, but that's not that hard. Josh Allen fumbles everywhere. Um, and they got both. One bright spot was safety Marcus May, who had 10 tackles, two sacks, and two pass breakups. So there was a bright spot there for the hapless Jets. There was. It, just so y'all know, the hapless Jets, I'm trademarking that because you're going to hear me say it a lot. Yes. On the Bills side of things, Josh Allen, 33 or 46. 312, two touchdowns, 57 yards rushing, one touchdown. Obviously, he had the two fumbles, still something he's got to work on. Stephon Diggs led the Bills on receiving Carl's favorite player on the planet. Eight, oh, my. Eight catches for 86 yards. <laughs> so y'all know if y'all are first-time listeners, Carl hates Stephon Diggs, and Carl don't hate anything. I don't hate the man. He just needs to shut up and play football. Um, you had John Brown, 70 yards and one touchdown. John Brown doing John Brown things. John Brown doing what John Brown does. Rookie Zach Moss scored the other of Allen's passing touchdowns. The Bills totaled three sacks and picked off Sam Darnold once, as we have discussed. Matt um, 
the pick out of the linebacker spot. No. And obviously after this game, Jamal Adams was trolling the Jets all over Twitter. All over the place. But to be fair, we'll get into this in a little bit with the way Jamal Adams played. He had every right to. He had every right to say anything that he wants to say. Next week, the Jets are back at home hosting the San Francisco 49ers and the Bills, as we have discussed, are in Miami. Uh, at this point in time, are we going to just talk about how bad the Browns continue to be? Yeah, there, there's not much I can say here. There's nothing we can say. Baker Mayfield, okay, just so everybody knows, the Browns lost to the Ravens 38-6. to Here's what happened. They were fine until their field goal kicker missed that extra point, and it was over from there. Also speaking, of, also, speaking of, I know my dad will appreciate this. You know who the Browns are hiring to be their kicker? Cody damn Parkey. Double doink. Double doink himself, who will be kicking tomorrow night in the game against Cincinnati. Snooter's best it's going to be, but I'm going to watch it and complain about it. Exactly, always. Uh, just to go off the Browns real quick, because we ain't going to spend much time talking about their trash selves. Uh, no. You got Baker, 21 to 39, 189, one touchdown, one pick. Talk about Baker for a second. I was watching Get Up the other morning, and Dan Orlovsky, who, terrible NFL quarterback, but he's a fantastic analyst, said that Baker Mayfield needs to stop trying to be like Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers and be more like Drew Brees in the terms of the way he does. He's a rhythm-based quarterback. It's a rhythm-based offense. Also, Baker can say whatever he wants about OBJ, but OBJ having three catches is a joke. On... Ten targets or something yeah, like that? Like but something's got to change there. They weren't catchable. Um, Nick Chubb, 60 yards on a fumble. Kareem Hunt, over 70 yards. Talked about OBJ. Jarvis Landry had five catches for 61 yards, but he is hurt and more than likely not going to play tomorrow night, which is going to make it even worse. Um, yeah, that's all about the Browns. I ain't talking about their trash sales no more. No. Getting to the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, sorry, I forgot one thing for the Cleveland. The the lone touchdown the lone touchdown was the David Njoku, the guy who's been wanting traded. Not Austin Hooper who they signed, not their tight end from Washington that they drafted. David Njoku. Alright, enough of the Browns. And then he got hurt. And then Njoku's now on IR. So Of course he is. Now, jumping to the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson looking like the MVP he was last season. Twenty for twenty five, which is what? completion percentage. No. I'm not here to do math. Okay, 275 yards and three touchdowns. RG3 even had a completion for nine yards. Uh, Once again, J.K. Dobbins, if not not to be overshadowed by Claude Edwards-Hilaire, only had 22 yards, but two massive touchdowns. Lamar Jackson had seven carries for 45 yards. Mark Ingram, 10 for 29. And it's going to be J.K. Dobbins' backfield in a couple weeks. Um, yeah, for the Ravens, Lamar, 20-25, 275, three touchdowns. Where's those people who said he couldn't throw the football? He's a running back, according to a lot of people, still to this uh, day. You you, uh, you mentioned J.K. Dobbins added two touchdowns on the ground. Hollywood Brown over 100 yards receiving. Mark Andrews added two touchdowns on 58 yards. That one-hander was ridiculous. One of my favorite players in the league. 
He's a diabetic like your boy here. And you had Marlon Humphrey adding his first interception, which wasn't a bad throw by Baker. It was just a terrible play by the man he threw it to. Um, Queen? Eight tackles and a sack? Yeah, the Ravens' defense is nasty. It's so is insane. Got Tyus Bowser getting a sack. Marlon Humphrey, as you said, with a pick. This team is going to win a lot of games this year. The only question with Baltimore is, are they going to be able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, we're going to find that out in a couple weeks. Yes, we are. Because they are playing each other. Uh, Next week, Baltimore, as we've discussed, is in Houston taking on the Texans. And Cleveland will be at home tomorrow night hosting Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, on to our next game. If you wanted offense, this game is for you. Uh, Seattle at Atlanta, um, outside of Jamal Adams, there was no defense from either side to be found. Uh, you had Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan were nuts. Falcons had three guys with 100 yards receiving a piece, and Seattle just couldn't be stopped. Uh, I'll let Carl handle the Seahawks. I'll take the Falcons just due to their division rival. Uh, Atlanta, Matt Ryan, 37 to 54. Why are you throwing the ball 54 times when you have Todd Gurley? Um... 450 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Speaking of, Gurley, 56 yards, one touchdown on 14 carries. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Russell Gage. Julio, best receiver in the league. Fight me. Nine catches, 157 yards. Calvin Ridley, nine catches, 130 yards, and two touchdowns. I started that man five minutes before that game kicked off. Great decision, Ian. Great decision. And Russell Gage, nine catches, 114 yards. Seattle secondary had no answer for either of them. Not many defensive stats for them, but Grady Jarrett did have a sack and a half. Grady Jarrett are doing Grady Jarrett things. And Deion Jones led them in tackles with nine. Falcons are going to have a ridiculous offense this season. We've talked about that on the podcast multiple times. Uh, Their defense is what's going to determine if they can keep up in this division. And this division's tough. Um, Falcons can score points. Carolina proved they can score points. The Bucks are not going to do what they did against New Orleans all year. And the Saints are going to be the Saints. So it's just two stack for division. Carl, take the Seahawks. Russell Wilson coming out firing. That man like was surgical, man. Has 31 for 35, 322 yards, four touchdowns. Had just as many touchdowns as he did in completions. Running the ball, the Seahawks aren't going to do, do that, it appears, this, this season. Which is probably the best route. Carlos Hyde led your backfield. Seven carries for 23 yards. Chris Carson, six carries for 21 yards. And then Russell Wilson chipped in three carries for 29 yards as well. DK Metcalf, four catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown. 23.8 yards a catch. He can keep that up. It's going to be a long season for a lot of people. Tyler Lockett, eight catches for 92. Chris Carson did all of his damage out of the backfield. Six catches, 45 yards, two touchdowns. And Greg Olson, your your boy, Greg Olson, four catches, 24 yards, and a touchdown. Hurts my soul. Defense, Jamal Adams, 12 tackles and a sack. Also, uh, two and a half of those for loss and two quarterback hits, but who's counting? Right. Quandre Diggs with a pick. And Benson Seattle. Mayola. 
Seattle taking advantage of the awfulness that has been Atlanta's offensive line for years with seven sacks. Yes. The Seahawks look like they're going to be a problem. They've got to fix those corner problems, though, because they can't allow that every week. They've got. To be fair, there aren't a lot of teams in the NFL that have the elite depth at receiver that Atlanta does. Correct. Um, Yeah, Russell Wilson looking like an early favorite to win MVP, which he probably should have won by now in his career anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Seattle, we've talked about. They will be back at home hosting the Patriots on Saturday Night Football next week. And the Falcons travel to Dallas, who is supposedly hosting 22,000 fans, not confirmed, to take on the Cowboys. If Dallas has fans in that game, they win. Simple. Um, speaking of, the other team in tomorrow's matchup, the Cincinnati Bengals, were hosting the L.A. Chargers. And as we've talked about a couple weeks ago, everybody wanted this to be Herbert Burrow 1. But... Herbert, he's fine right now. Um, take either one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took Chargers. Tyrod Taylor, not Tyrod. If I hear you say Tyrod Taylor, I will fight you. His name is Tyrod. Didn't completion percentage is bad. He was sixteen for thirty, two oh eight. Um. No touchdowns, no picks. Running the ball, there was a pretty split backfield. Joshua Kelly took a lot of touches from Austin Eckler. He had 12 for 60 and a score. Austin Eckler had 19 carries for 84 yards and one catch for three yards. Hunter Henry led them in receptions and yards with Five catches for 73 yards. Mike Williams, four catches, 69 yards. Keenan Allen was pretty well held in check all day. Casey Hayward, 12 tackles out of your, well, probably your best corner. Not what you want to see, though. No, you don't ever want to see your corner getting 12 tackles. Um, Joey Bosa got a sack. Uchenna Wosu getting a sack. Jerry Tillery got a sack. Melvin Ingram, ha, bet you thought I was going to say got a sack, got a pick. That's a big boy. Uh, Yeah, um, as far as on the other end for the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow's first game, stats really don't show how pretty good he was. I agree. 23 of 36, 193, one interception, one extremely athletic quarterback draw, rushing touchdown. Uh, Joe Mixon led the Bengals on the ground with 69 yards eh, on 19 carries. Um, A.J. Green, five catches, 51 yards. Jermaine Pratt led them on defense with 12 tackles. Um, Joe Burrow, as a rookie, first game, no preseason, led them all the way down the field, got them in the position to tie the game, and their kicker could not have missed that field goal anymore. After a very questionable Offensive pass interference call on A.J. Green, but we'll get to another very questionable offensive pass interference call shortly. Yes. Uh, yeah, Herbert, Her- Her- Joe Burrow, looked, he looked good, all things considered. I mean, if he comes out tomorrow and looks just as good, they're going to beat the Browns. <laughs> yeah. Um, The Chargers... I feel like they're going to be a very average to below average team. My whole thing year. is, I don't think the Chargers have the offense to score, and their defense isn't going to play like that every week. They're damn sure not going to play like that next week. 
No. Next week, the Chargers are host Kansas City. Yeah, have fun with that. For them. And as we've said multiple times, Cincinnati goes to Cleveland tomorrow night, which is, once again, probably going to be a snooze fest, as most Thursday night football games are. All right. I'm going to kick off because I'm the only one around here that actually correctly picked this game. The, you the, the, the Arizona Cardinals go into San Francisco and upset the defending NFC champions 24-20. Correct. Um, Kyler Murray did Kyler Murray things. DeAndre Hopkins showed out in his debut, and I'm going to make a dig at the Houston Texans here in a couple seconds. And their defense, which is not known for being crazy good, put the clamps on late. I wonder, This is how I have it in the notes, by the way. I wonder how Texans fans feel when Hopkins had more catches by himself than their whole team combined. 14 of them. 14 catches, 152 yards, and should have had a touchdown because he got that rob from him. Um, Kyler Murray was 26-40, one touchdown, one pick. Added 91 yards rushing on 13 carries and a touchdown. That was actually 100 yards until he got rid of nine of them by doing the postgame, by doing the kneeling to run the clock out. Uh, Kenny Drake had 60 yards and a touchdown on the ground. The lone receiver went to Chase Edmonds, the third unknown Virginia Tech Edmonds brother, going along with Terrell of Pittsburgh and Tremaine of Buffalo. Uh, uh, you talk about Hawkins. Fitzgerald had 34 yards on four carries. Newly signed safety. Buda Baker had 15 tackles. That man was everywhere. everywhere. Learn the name Buda Baker, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they got to Jimmy Garoppolo three times, including one for last year's, what in my opinion should have been Defensive Player of the Year, and Chandler Jones. I'll let Carl take the San Francisco foot in on us. As I said earlier, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't look great from all the, the highlights and films I watched because I didn't get to watch a lot of football Sunday. Yay, TJ Maxx. Yay. Jimmy Garoppolo, 19 for 33, 259 yards, two scores. Raheem Mostert led them on the ground, 15 carries for 56 yards. Also led them through the air, four four catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown. George Kittle had 44 yards on four catches, got injured. Don't know how serious that is. You think he's going to try to play through it. Kind of a very... Unfortunate thing for week one. A lot of injuries for these players not having preseason. Yeah. Um, Speaking of players that often get injured, Jared McKinnon scored a touchdown on a reception. Emmanuel Mosley led them in tackles with 15. Wow. Once again, you don't want to see your corner leading your team in tackles. Fred Warner had 10. Also, as you touched on, at least I think you did, because I was checking a Snapchat notification. I thought it was from Buddha, but it was from someone else. Um, Mohe- Raheem Mostert went off. He did. 53 yards rushing on 15 carries and 95 yards receiving and a touchdown on four catches. Obviously, most of that was a big play, but hey, stats are stats. Uh, Jimmy G's, you talked about, very average. Um, that might be the quote of the year. Stats are stats. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, San Francisco really came out flat. Their defense could not do anything about Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins, which is going to be a problem for most teams playing the Arizona Cardinals this year. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Arizona, I'm telling you, this team is out to prove a point. 
Arizona is back home next week hosting the Washington football team, and the 49ers are in New York facing the hapless Jets. Told you I was going to be saying that a bunch. The hapless Jets. Going to a team that's not hapless down in the bayou. Okay, uh, speaking of down in the bayou. Ian's favorite team, the New Orleans Speaking of down in the bayou, I have to make a out-of-football reference to Kendrick Perkins for a second. So every time this man is an analyst and talking about the Miami Heat, this man calls Bam out of Bayou, Bam out of the Bayou. And I'm not joking. Oh, man. Also, I have to say it. Hey, Jason Tatum, how'd that block feel, son? <laughs> Bam out of Blocko. Love it. All right. I just We're had to putting. make that little reference. All right. I'm going to take the, the, the Saints here. Probably a good idea. Yeah, I know. Uh... We can't give you too much leeway on the Saints. Well, you'll just you'll go crazy. You're 100. percent Oh, hey, if you think this is bad, just wait till we got to play them. Oh no! The, the no. only thing worse than that's going to be when the Eagles got to play the Cowboys. Well, at this rate, nobody's going to win a game in that division but the football team. So <laughs> yeah. here we are. All right, going to the Saints. Drew Brees, 18 for 30, 160 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, pretty casual Drew Brees performance for what he has been the last couple of years. For the most part. Latavius Murray led, yes, Latavius Murray led the New Orleans Saints backfield with 15 carries for 48 yards. Alvin Kamara looked bad. Yeah. 12 carries for 16 yards and a touchdown. He did score. Pretty sure he scored twice. Yep, he had a receiving touchdown, five catches for 51 yards and a score. Not really what you want to see when he just paid the man $15 million a season. Jared Cook, five catches for 80 yards out of the tight end spot. Old man Cook still cooking. That was too easy. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Ian, I'm going to need you to restrain yourself. Three catches, 17 yards. And a high ankle sprain. To be fair, the reason he didn't really do much is because of the high ankle sprain. So Correct. Which came out today is going to put him out for several weeks, which is going to hurt the Saints yep. on offense. Uh, I, you, know, I, you know, I guess that signing of Emmanuel Sanders really is going to help them out here. Correct. And speaking of Emmanuel Sanders, he got himself a touchdown on Sunday. On three catches. Defensively, Janoris Jenkins got a pick... Six. Six. Poor Tom. Uh, Mario Davis, uh, six tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss. C.J. Gardner-Johnson uh, led the Saints in tackles with ten. On the bucket- Did the Mario Davis' his contract news like come out halfway through the game? That yeah, he it any- came out right at halftime. Yeah. Uh, Tom, right, Tom Brady. The, the, the new look. Buccaneers. 23 of 36. Tom Brady should not be throwing football that much. 239, two touchdowns, and two horrible interceptions. Yeah. Um, that first interception, I don't know where this man was throwing the football. And that second one, you cannot be late on an out route. Tom knows that. He knows that. If you were late throwing an out route on any level of football, it's going the other way. Every time. Um... Bruce Arians stays stick with the fact that Ronald Jones is his RB1, 66 yards on the ground. Chris Godwin, 79 yards on six catches, who's now concussion protocol. So, uh, yeah, have fun with him playing next week, which uh, sucks for him, but I wouldn't be complaining. Uh, 
<laughs> Mike Evans was shut down by Marcus Lattimore. Um, they, if you've watched any Bucks Saints game in the past, Mike Evans and uh, you got Lattimore and Mike Evans hate each other. They don't like each other at all. Uh, yes, Mike Evans had a garbage time touchdown late, but that doesn't count. Stats are stats. As I said, Tom Brady, his first pick was about 10 feet over Mike Evans' head. And that's hard to do because Mike Evans is a big man. And then his second one was on a layout route, which went for a pick six by Jordan Jenkins. Gronk did nothing, two catches for 11 yards. Levante David and Devin White were easily the two best Buccaneers on the field. Um... Levante David and Devin White had 11 tackles apiece, while Levante David had two and a half tackles for loss. The one good thing about Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay being on primetime a lot more is the fact this league and these fans finally get to see how good Levante David is. I agree. He was always the second-best linebacker in the NFC South when Keekley was here. Um, I don't think Devin White gets enough credit for how good he is. Uh, Tampa Bay is really solid defensively, especially with those two. They easily have a argument for best linebacker core in the league. Um, but I know it's just Tom Brady got to be better, and he knows it. Yeah. Uh, Tampa de- next week. Tampa's back home hosting the Carolina Panthers, and the Saints are on the road in Vegas taking on the Raiders. All uh, right. Give me one second. I just texted him. I want to see if he wants to be here. I'll probably give him five minutes. Sure, we can find something to talk about for five minutes. Oh, I'm sure. What I don't. That's a mood, though. What I'm trying to understand is the fact that. What's with all these teams? I know a lot of teams were coming out flat, but. The Jets and the Colts and the Vikings and the Eagles, like, all just came out like they didn't care. They really did. They came out very, very flat. The team that really came out the flattest has got to be Indianapolis. I mean, yeah, I mean, you lost to the Jags. I mean, Gar- oh, Gardner Minshew, 19 for 20. Oh, my God. Like, I mean, I know y'all's secondary isn't that good, but. It's not that bad. No. <laughs> and everybody knows that Gardner Minshew's playing for other teams. Right. He's literally auditioning for other teams. Because that's just what is going to happen. They're gonna because I'm telling you one thing, Trevor Lawrence keeps playing like that. A, he's winning the Heisman Trophy, and B, there is no way he's not being taken first overall. I agree. Unless Justin Fields comes out and plays otherworldly, I don't see this being any type of debate. Am I the only one that thinks that that notebook you're writing on looks like a bunch of your signatures? It is. <laughs> I figured. It's not even a notebook. It's literally a piece of paper. 
just with your <laughs> and all the Vegas stats yeah. for next week. Literally, you're looking at my notes. Give him a couple more minutes. All right, you're fine. Um, I have to jump ahead, but a team that came out and actually looked decent for for a little bit was the Giants. Yeah, until Pittsburgh said, screw that. And one of the best run defensive performances I've seen in a long time, but that doesn't, like I said, like we've talked about earlier and we'll talk about here in a little bit, the Giants offensive line is just abysmal. It's so bad. It's kind of bad saw, when you take three defensive offensive linemen in the draft and you still suck. I saw a meme earlier. It was like what everyone else sees is like all 11 Giants on the field. It was like what Saquon Barkley sees. There was no offensive lineman. Yeah, that was pretty much the epitome of last night. It was, it was not good. It was not good at all. all right. But yeah, I really feel like if Russell Wilson keeps playing like this, he's going to win the MVP. I'm just going to send him an invite here, and if he accepts it, he accepts it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. We're going to in the middle of a backswing. Are we, though? Like, I don't... I don't get it, man. You know what's funny? What I find hilariously funny, though? What? Is that your little icon actually says CJ because of the... <laughs> actually says CJ because... <laughs> says it because of the hamstring Jesus part. Uh, love it. Yeah, that was expected. I know one thing. I need so much sleep right now. Also, I need the fact that I cannot see you. I can't see you either. Alrighty. One second. Guys, I'll be right back. There we go. And there I am. Sorry, guys, about the phone call. I'm in another room. Hey, we picked it up downstairs. Nice. Anyway. All right. But, uh, now you're not here. Oh, he, wait, he just opened my message. Okay, I'm going to start and I'll see what he says right here. All right, go for it. All right. Most controversial game of the week, Dallas at the LA Rams. Um, the Rams looked like the 2018 Super Bowl Rams on offense. They simplified a lot of things. Uh, Cowboys couldn't stop it outside of Alden Smith, who looked like he did in 2015 with San Francisco. I don't know where this man came from. Right. Um, (laughs) 
Aaron Donald was making everybody on Dallas's makeshift offensive line look like preschoolers, including Zeke. Um, Zeke did Zeke things. Uh, questionable call at the end, which we'll talk about. I'm gonna give you the Rams. I'll take it. Jared Goff, twenty completions, thirty-one yards, two or thirty-one yards, twenty for thirty-one, two hundred seventy-five yards, one interception. Kind of an ugly interception, but I think he's joining us. Okay, so you can keep going. Okay, um, Malcolm Brown, great, a great, great game. Eighteen carries, seventy-nine yards, four point four yards a carry, two scores. Rookie Cam Akers, fourteen carries, thirty-nine yards. True backfield by committee so far. Robert Woods had an incredible game. Most of his damage got done in the first half. But he kind of kept it up. Six receptions for 105 yards. Nothing really of note outside of that. Um, Leonard Floyd had a sack. Michael Brockers had a sack. And Aaron Donald had a sack on one of the first plays, if not the first offensive play the Cowboys ran. Um, Yeah, outside of that, the Rams look good. Yeah, I think with the Rams, it's just interesting. Like, Jared Goff, 20-31, 275, one pick. Malcolm Brown, 18 carries, 79 yards, two touchdowns, who was claimed by four guys in Christ above, myself included. Damn you, Zach. Um, Robert Woods, we talked about six catches, 105. Aaron Donald literally used Ezekiel Elliott as a battering ram. To try to destroy poor Dak Prescott. Um, yeah, Donald had four tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, but that didn't really show how dominant he was. And do not say stats for stats. Stats for stats. What is up, Buddha? What's up, buddy? What is up, boys? Can't see you, but that, as long as I can hear you, that's fine. Hey, you hear me loud and clear? Loud and clear, yeah, buddy. Man. That's what we like to hear, boys. I heard you um, talking about my uh, Dallas Cowboys at the moment. Is that true? Yep. That's just about to get to him. No, So what, what has already been said? We've oh, we're just covering stats, buddy. We've we're going to talk. Uh, we've literally just talked about. So, if we're going to talk about stats, I'm going to have to just uh, list and mention. Everyone's talking about how Aaron Donald, best defensive player in the league, best defensive player, maybe, maybe best player in the whole league. You know who outperformed and outgraded Aaron Donald and hasn't played in five years? Out in Smith, baby! Let's go! Okay, hold on. Buddha, Buddha. That's the only thing I look forward to in this Dallas Cowboys game is my man who hasn't played in five stinking years. <laughs> I can only imagine if Delby were here right now. Continue. Okay. Okay. First of all, I love how you're like in your car right now. Got uh, Bojangles haven't eaten all day. I had to get the Bohan glass. Had to get the chicken supremes. Uh, Bojangles wants to sponsor us. By all means, they can. Thanks. It's about time. You know okay. Um, I know I'm gonna regret this, but you're the Cowboys fan, so Jalen Ramsey and the offensive PI call. Shoot. I talked to Delby about this a few days ago. 
thinking about it long term, like reasonably, like reasonably now. Um, one game of the season we gave up. There's still 15 other games to play. Um, me being that logical thinking is thinking, okay, it's fine, just move on. But the time, the top side of me that was watching it during that game, Jalen Ramsey is the highest paid cornerback to ever be paid in the NFL. Ever. NFL history. And this dude has getting beat by Dallas is considered second best wide receiver, which Vicky knows my real opinion about that. Get burnt every single route Gallup ran. He was torching Ramsey. You can look at the film. You can tell me whatever. He made that really, really good tackle or he hit tackled one of our receivers. I don't know if it was Gallup. Made a good play. That's but the only play I remember he made that night. But that OPI call, not only did Ramsey get beat on that route, that threw a dime of a ball to Gallup. And not only did Gallup do an excellent job of coverage, not only because Ramsey had his arm wrapped around him, this whole full extension bullcrap, I don't care what anybody says. Dude got burnt, was a coward, so did what cowards do when they get beat in the NFL, and they had to get the OPI and had to make it seem like that they're the ones that got screwed over. And so my boy's got to flop. He's got to pull a Miami Eagle broad and flop. It's ridiculous. Mike McCarthy said it best. He has never seen in that kind of situation in any type of game that call being made. More than likely, you would see the defensive pass interference, which you, I, I didn't even think it was a defensive pass interference. I think it was just a great ran route by Gallup, and he did an excellent job of competing for the football, and he made a play. That would have gotten us the lead. I, I don't care what anyone says. But moving on from that, like I said, logical thinking, we have still plenty of games left. I'm not going to let that one game determine us. There was a lot of good things that came out about it. Uh, Dak Prescott got date, uh, graded as the third best. Not, it was the third best quarterback in the league, I believe. Uh, I Zeke, said, by the yeah. way, got graded the first best quarterback in the uh, first best running back. Sorry, correction. Which is interesting. I'm not saying he's better than CMC. I just think he outperformed CMC in my opinion that that game. But CMC is the better running back. I'll, I'll say. I was like, all right, let's say he's the better running back and move on from that. That, that, that one play where he four guys that that play is that. Oh yeah, it was great. Best player of the week. So, I mean, he outperformed him that particular week, which I'm not saying he's a better running back. He could outrush him this year. That's totally possible, but that's all other shit was. Yeah, uh, you hit on my feelings. We talked about this um, after the game the other night about the pass interference call. Uh, Dak was 25 of 39 for 266, one touchdown. Zeke, 22 carries, 96 yards, one touchdown. Also had a receiver. Mari Cooper led y'all in receiving 10 catches, 81 yards. No receiving touchdowns for the Cowboys receivers, which has to change. C.D. Lamb, 59 yards, 5 catches in his debut. Gallup, 50 yards, 3 catches. Alden Smith, 11 tackles, one one tackle for loss, and two quarterback hits. Easily the best Cowboy on the field, in my opinion. You could argue for Zeke. Jalen Smith added 11 as well. Five years. Five. The what? Five years. Oh, yeah. And a pass deflection for Jalen Smith. Chidobe Awuzie added the lone interception. Uh, the part boot is not going to like. Dallas got destroyed injury-wise. Linebacker Leighton Van Der Esch, broken collarbone, will be back midway through the season. Uh, tight end Blake Jarwin will, however, not be back as he tore his ACL. And offensive tackle Cam Irving hurt his leg when it was rolled up on and will be out for a couple weeks. All right, Carl. I have nothing wrong with what Buddha said in general. I absolutely agree. Let him play. Just let him play. Keep that flag in your pocket, sir. Buddha, the first thing that I got 
from Carl is that he was like, I can hear Buddha from my house. Yeah. Um. Oh, no, is that's going to create some very entertaining couple of minutes for the podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. But, yeah, Buddha, thanks for joining us. I think you're still here. I'm not sure, though. Says you are, but... I don't think he is. But I don't think he is. We did enjoy that, and if you are here and can still hear us. Yeah, it was basically that. The Dallas Cowboys are back home hosting the Atlanta Falcons next week, while the Rams are in Philly against the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know what FaceTime is doing right now. Uh, uh, there we go. There we go. There, there we go. All right, moving on to the Monday night slate. Uh, two games on Monday nights. I'm glad they don't do this every week because... Even though some think- people have said they would like that every week. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I watched about six minutes of that Titan Broncos game we're going to get to here shortly. I watched the whole, th- most of the thing before I had to go to sleep because, you know, I had to be up at 9 a.m. for a 9 a.m. to 2.45 shift. The Steelers headed into MetLife to play the New York Giants. Ian, I'm going to let you kick off with the Ben Roethlisberger Reds-led Steelers. All righty. Pittsburgh, Big Ben. 21 of 32 for 230 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Benny Snell Jr. went off with 113 yards on 19 carries. Juju is back. Juju's got his Juju back. Um, 69 yards, six catches, and two touchdowns. James Washington added the other events touchdown passes in an incredible show of grit. Uh-huh. Uh, defense had 11 and a half tackles for loss. <laughs> Most on uh, Saquon, who that poor man had nowhere to run all night. And yeah. Dana Jones turned the ball over twice, and you'd think, hey, it's probably Joe Hayden or Terrell Edmonds. Nah, it's only defensive tackle Cameron Hayward and defensive end T.J. Watt. Yeah. Because we all that, saw that coming. That pass that Cameron Hayward picked off was not terrible to see. Also, that was a great play by TJ on his interception. He so baited Daniel Jones at a throw of that ball. Um, But the Steelers, the, the story of this night was Pittsburgh's defense against Saquon Barkley. Barkley had 15 carries for 6 yards with a with a yards per carry of 0.4. Yeah. Which isn't his fault. You can't do much when 5 guys are on you as soon as you receive the ball from your quarterback. Uh, And I'll let you take the rest of the Giants. Daniel Jones, 26 for 41, 279, two touchdowns, two picks. One was the great play by T.J. Watt. The other was a bad decision after he led the team all the way down the field, got in the red zone, and threw a horrible pass. Got his arm hit, picked off by the big man Cameron Hayward. Daniel Jones led the team in rushing with 22 yards. As you said, Saquon Barkley, 15 carries for six yards. Outrushed on this night by Ben Roethlisberger. Let that sink in, people. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, are we, are we sunk? Darius Slayton led the Giants. Forgot what team I was talking about. With six catches, 102 yards, and two touchdowns. Saquon, six catches for 60. And Sterling Shepard has six catches for 47 yards. 
That was was my knee hitting the floating keyboard in here. Blake Martinez doing what Blake Martinez does. 13 tackles. Uh, They had a couple sacks. They had one from Leonard Williams, one from Dexter Lawrence. And that about highlights the Giants. They didn't look bad. They looked really good the first What a sloppy game this was in the first quarter, though. It was. It was an ugly game. Got Deontay Johnson muffing a punt. We've got turnovers and Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball into the ground and... It was it was ugly to watch. It was fun game, though. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, Pittsburgh, they're back home next week hosting a team we're about to talk about here in a minute. The Denver Broncos and the Giants are in Chicago taking on the Bears. And the Bears' defense is a lot similar to Pittsburgh, so Saquon, have fun. Right. Uh, Tennessee and Denver, our last game of week one in half the country was asleep. I watched pretty much the majority of the thing. Um, this was very defensive game and low scoring. Kind of expected it. Probably wouldn't have been if Stephen Gusowski could make a damn field goal. But, to be fair, he made the one that mattered. Um, yeah. Titans and Broncos are good defensively. I'll take Denver because I'm a big fan of them. You'll take Tennessee. As far as Denver goes, Drew Locke, 22 with 33, 216, one touchdown. Pretty solid. Melvin Gordon, 78 yards, 15 carries, one touchdown. Uh, their other running back, why can I never remember this man's name? Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay uh, got hurt, so Melvin Gordon's backfield for the foreseeable future. Noah Fant, who you probably wish you wouldn't have cut right now, uh, five catches, eighty-one yards, and a touchdown. Uh, you have your rookie Jerry Judy, four catches, fifty-six yards. Uh, KJ Hamler and Corton Sutton were not active for this game, so he did have to do a lot. They fumbled the ball four times on offense. Which is something they got to clean up. They only did lose one of them. Alexander Johnson led them on the defensive side with ten, with twelve tackles and a quarterback hit. Tennessee. Tennessee. You're the only Tennessee. Oh my God. The Tennessee Titans. Brian Tannehill, twenty-nine for forty-three. Why is Brian Tannehill throwing the ball forty-three times, only scoring sixteen points? Because when uh, Derrick Henry has to get one hundred and sixteen yards while carrying the ball thirty-one times. Yeah, thirty-one carries, one hundred sixteen yards. That averages out to three point seven yards a carry. Corey Davis finally showing why they drafted him at like fifth overall a couple of years ago. Seven catches, one hundred one. Adam Humphreys, 6 for 47. A.J. Brown was kind of shut down the whole game. Five catches for 39 yards. John U. Smith, the uber-athletic tight end. Four catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Michael Pruitt! Michael Pruitt, one for one, one yard, and a touchdown. Oh, I freaking love that name. Michael Pruitt. Michael. Uh, uh, Kevin Byard, yeah. nine tackles. One pass deflect. One pass defense. Titans um, never got to Drew Locke, which is something that's got to change. Yeah, they brought in Jadavion Clowney. Granted, he wasn't in the building very long. But if they can get Harold Landry with Jeffrey Simmons and Jadavion Clowney going, that their team could, be, could win some games. Who knows with the AFC South now? <laughs> we don't talk about the AFC South. The worst division in football. Again. Yeah. Um, And Tennessee, they will 
be at home hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars while the Broncos are in Pittsburgh facing the Steelers. That is it for the week one games. It was a lot of fun, but we're not done here. We're not done yet. Now we're going to talk about the week two games in a little bit before we give predictions because we still have about 30 minutes before we hit two hours. And we do things around here. We do. So... Our first game will be this tomorrow night. Cleveland Browns hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Indeed. Um. Are we doing predictions now? Right now? Uh, sure. Why not? All right. I was gonna say I got Cincinnati winning seventeen thirteen. Gonna be an ugly game Thursday. No preseason. Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> The Browns are five-and-a-half-point favorites after losing by 32. I will say this. I think primetime is a little too much for Joe Burrow. Browns bounce back and win 26-23. All right. We're going to head to Nashville. Tennessee, Jacksonville. Jacksonville won't be doing this again. Tennessee will beat the Jaguars 21-10. to I got Tennessee 30-21. to Vegas with a 10-point favorite over under 43 points. On to Tampa Bay as they host Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, this won't be a repeat of week one, I promise you. Tom Brady's going to carve our young secondary alive. Tampa Bay 35, Carolina 24. Got Tampa Bay 28-10. Buccaneers 8-point favorites, 49-point over. Take the over. People. I am going to pretend that that does not offend me. Um, Pitt- I does. <laughs> Pittsburgh will put the Denver Broncos at 0-2. Pittsburgh's defense is just too good right now. Pittsburgh, 28-20. Pittsburgh. Uh, I think I think the Broncos put up a fight in this one, the, but I think it's going to be too much. Pittsburgh, 34-24. Six-and-a-half point favorites for Pittsburgh in Vegas, 43-point over-under. Now we're going to head to Philadelphia with the 1-0 and Rams heading into the 0-1 Philadelphia Eagles. All right. Eagles bounce back. 2017 win over the Rams. I got the Eagles falling to 0-2. I'm so sorry, Delby. 21-20. This game is a pick in Vegas with a 45-point over-under. And are y'all ready for edition four of the word hapless Jets? The 49ers will beat the Apples New York Jets 30-7 to in a game that will never be close. I have the San Francisco 49ers winning 31-14. So we agree on that. Here, and the now, and Vegas has San Francisco as a touchdown and an extra point favorite at 7 over under 42 Last week I picked an upset. I'm going with another one here. Miami beats Buffalo 24-23. to Wow. I got. I went pretty chalk. Buffalo twenty eight ten over Miami. Uh, Vegas five and a half point favorite. For Buffalo over under forty one and a half. Now the game that I have been back and forth on all week: Carl's Indianapolis Colts and our friend Jordan's Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota falls to zero and two. Colts win twenty eight twenty four in overtime. Oh, on OT, I have. Indianapolis winning 31-17. Indianapolis is three-point favorites in Vegas over under 48.5. I'd probably take the over. 
We're heading to Lambeau. The Detroit Lions heading into Lambeau Field to take on the Aaron Rodgers led Green Bay Packers. I got the Packers winning forty-one to twenty-one. I think Green Bay has some issues early, but they put it away over. We are close. I've got 31-21 Green Bay. Green Bay, five-and-a-half point favorites, and the over-unders at 47-and-a-half. Highest scoring game of the week here. Dallas takes it over the Falcons, 38-35. to I have Dallas winning 28-24. Dallas at... Five point favorites over just 52 and a half, which is tied for the highest of the weekend. All right, we're going to buckle up and go to Chicago and Soldier Field when the Giants show up to play the Bears. I got the Bears advancing the 2 and 0. Oh, Mitchell Trubisky will do exactly what he did last week. Giants don't really have a defense. Uh, 21 10 Chicago over the Giants. I got Chicago 17. Chicago, five-and-a-half-point favorites, 43-point over-under. Take the under. The Arizona Cardinals start to open some eyes with a 2-0 start as they win 20-10 over the Washington football team. I've got Arizona jumping to 2-0, 30-14 over the Washington football team. Arizona's a six-and-a-half-point favorite as it currently sets. These odds will probably go up and down a little bit. And a half point. Um, 46 and a half over under. On to LA for the Chargers first game inside SoFi Stadium. Your opponent, the defending champions, Kansas City Chiefs, 35-13, Patrick Mahomes and the boys. Did you steal my paper? I literally have the exact same score. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, 35-13. Yeah, it says the Chiefs run circles around the Chargers at SoFi Stadium, 35-13. <laughs> yes, sir. Kansas City, eight and a half point favorites, 49 point over under. Going to Houston. Do the Texans have a chance again? Hell no. 30 17, Baltimore. 35 30, no, 24 17, Baltimore. Baltimore is a six point favorite, 52 and a half over under. Once again, tied with the Cowboys and Falcons for the highest over under of the weekend. Game of the week, Seattle, New England. I've got Cam throwing for over 300 yards in a losing effort. 31-30 on a last-second field goal from Seattle. Seattle wins. I got Seattle 30-20. to Seattle 4.5-point favorite, 45.5 over under. Heading to Vegas in real Allegiant? Allegiant. Allegiant Stadium, yeah. Allegiant Stadium? Kicking it off? Don't think the the Raiders have much of a shot in this one. Going thirty five ten. I'm going thirty twenty one Saints. Ooh, I like it. I'm uh, proud of you. Proud of you for not picking the Raiders. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Vegas six point favorites, which is not a lot actually. Six point favorite and over unders at fifty one and a half. All righty, this is an opinion based, but we're gonna go through it, Carl. Who is your NFC Offensive Player of the Week? NFC Offensive Player of the Week, Russell Wilson. We would agree. Your NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Oh, Alden Smith. Alden Smith, easy. AFC Offensive Player of the Week. I got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I agree, actually. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Ooh. Jerome Baker? 
Yeah, kind of has to be Jerome Baker. Um, surprise NFC Player of the Week. This, to me, isn't even close. Mitchell Trubisky. Agreed. Any, anytime Mitch Trubisky does anything of note, it's going to be great. Surprise AFC Player Ooh. of the Week. It's got to be... It's, I mean, it's got to be Clyde, right? I feel like it has to be. Just to be, just to change things up a little bit, I'd say Ben Roethlisberger ben. looking good. Ben, okay. Here's the real question, though: Who was the best running back in Week One? And stats necessarily don't have to infuriate this. <sighs> it's not Saquon. We can rule him out. It's definitely not Saquon. Is it, is it Clyde again? I think it's Zeke. I mean, Zeke did a lot. I think uh, it's Zeke. Just for the sake of being different. I'm going to say Zeke. I'm going to go Zeke. Um, wide receiver, it's pretty much down the hole over Hopkins. Or, De- yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Actually, oh, or actually, Devontae no, no, no. Adams. They all play in the NFC. Actually, Devontae Adams would be my pick. I'm going to take... I'm actually going to take Julio just because Adams and Hopkins got like 17 targets or something. Ain't true. <laughs> AFC I'm, receiver of the week, Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster. Not even really a contest to me, I don't think. NFC defense of the week. Ooh. Oh, man. I'll get... I'll get the I'll get the I'll get the AFC defensive defense of the week out of the way first. Pittsburgh not even close. Pittsburgh's not even close. NFC I'm really really leaning towards the football team. I mean it has to be. You had eight sacks and came back from a seventeen nothing deficit. It's got to be the football team. They played so well. All righty. Get this out of the way, too. Worst performance of the week for the AFC, the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, absolutely. I For the NFC, Detroit Lions. Yeah. You blew a, 20, a 23-6 lead against Mitchell Trubisky in the fourth quarter. I, I actually might think Philadelphia is worse. I mean, 17-0 to Washington. That's pretty fair. I mean, but to be fair, Detroit doesn't have, or, oh, Chicago, oh, my God, that's it's a toss-up. Oh, man. And as we've talked about, the worst team of the week, Cleveland Browns. I don't know what this front office team, can we just relocate this team? Can we just try again? Yeah, can we just get them out of Cleveland and move them to, like, <laughs> <laughs> Who, of course, in the States needs this football team? Um, send them to London. Yeah, send them to London. <laughs> um, uh, I would actually... Uh, that's a good question. Very good question. That's an, actually a really good question. Who would need... Who could be a 32nd NFL team? Expansion city-wise. Uh, the thing is that they would always have to add two. For conference balance. Okay, first of all, let's just move the state of Florida out of here. No more teams in Texas. Nope. No more teams in Cali. Vegas already has their team. 
New York has two. New York's got two. I mean... Pennsylvania's got two. Uh, I don't... <laughs> Louisiana's got one. I'm going through states. Oklahoma City? OKC, yeah. Oklahoma City. And then London? Yeah, OKC and London. London is going to have an NFL team in our lifetime. Yeah, I think I think London and OKC. It's this thing, do you put London in the NFC? <laughs> because you kind of have to. Well, I mean, they need to realign the conferences in general. Oh, yeah, the fact that Miami is in the AFC East. And Dallas is in the NFC East. Yeah. They're in Texas. I know. Indianapolis is in the AFC South. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was something I saw a couple days ago. I mean... All right, Ian, we're going to do this for next week. We're going to completely realign the conferences for the podcast next week. Okay. We're going to realign it. I'm reading this thing, and it says the combined AFC and NFC map works out pretty nicely, (laughs) except except fuck Kansas City, Denver, and Seattle in particular. (laughs) Yeah? That's what it says on the map. That's what it says on the little thing. I'm trying to find... One just to look at. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to realign. Here we go. Here we go. This is what this guy has for the Western Conference. Like, the Western Eastern, so it's on our AFC, NFC. Western, as it it is in the NBA and the NHL. The, The Pacific Division. Seattle, San Francisco, and both of the LA teams. All right. Both of the LA teams should be in the same division. I agree. They play in the same damn city. Uh, what about Houston and Dallas in different conferences? Yeah. <laughs> um. Which is still a case here. They're not in different conferences. They're in the same conference, but not the same division. You have the Rocky Mountains division: Arizona, Vegas, Denver, Dallas. That's not too bad. You got the Southwest. Houston, New Orleans, Atlanta, and Tennessee. <laughs> That's what I said, too. I'm not ge- geographically inclined, <laughs> but Tennessee isn't in the Southwest. <laughs> no. <laughs> then you got the Midwest. Oh, poor Chicago. Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago, and Kansas City. Rip the, rip the Bears, man. Now, let's go on to the Eastern. This one actually makes sense. The Northeast. New York. New York. Buffalo. And New England. That one makes perfect sense. You got the Mid-Atlantic. Baltimore. Pittsburgh. Washington. Philadelphia. Once again, I see no problem. The Southeast. Miami. Tampa, Jacksonville, the three my the three Florida teams, and the lonely my Carolina Panthers, <laughs> along with the, the three Florida, Florida teams. The Central Division: Cleveland, Cincinnati, Detroit, and Indianapolis. Didn't there used to be a Central? Central? Yeah, 
I thought so. There's like so many of these, just looking at them. Oh, I'm doing my own, and it's going to be great. Honestly, just looking at this right now, I would have a division. It's tough to put Atlanta in a division. It, it really is. They're in such a tough spot. By the way, am I just a green screen on your phone? Or can you see me? Uh, it's like it's like going in and out. Yeah, it's, and I think it's because my phone's dying. It's all right though. Um, Atlanta's tough, and I don't I don't understand why you ship New Orleans to the Southwest. That doesn't make sense. I honestly don't really have a problem with the NFC South. No, the NFC South is fine. You got Charlotte, North Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, New Orleans, Louisiana, and Tampa Bay, Florida. Like it actually makes sense. The only the only way the reason it doesn't make sense is because there's also two other Florida teams. Yeah. Like it's definitely interesting. That's definitely something that we can try to come up with to kick off episode sixteen next week. Uh, it's it- definitely an interesting thing. And uh, it's just the conferences are... What's this one? Wow, that one's... Okay, this one's interesting. These are the conferences. Okay. Seattle, Vegas, San Francisco, and the Chargers. Arizona, New Orleans, Houston, Dallas. Okay. Denver, Kansas City, the Rams and the Titans, and I am now just realizing this was when the Rams were in St. Louis. Well, I mean, it makes sense then. Uh, uh, oh, why didn't we think of St. Louis when we were talking about relocation? Good point. Um, also, for coming from a person who is a massive fan of the St. Louis Babelhawks, they deserve a football team. Um, they deserve Chicago, Detroit, Green Bay, Minnesota is still there, which makes sense. Those are actually correct. They actually make sense. Um, Colts, Bengals, Steelers, Browns. Bills, Giants, Jets, Patriots. Eagles, Ravens, Redskins. Damn it. Eagles, Ravens, Washington football team, Panthers. And Falcons, Jaguars, Miami, and Tampa. That makes sense. I mean... You can probably switch around, like, whatever division Tennessee was in with whatever division the Rams are going to be in. Yeah. And it would have worked. I just personally think that there's no way that you can have something with the Rams and the Chargers being in different divisions. You can't. You just can't. And that's why it's going to be so difficult to do this for the Florida teams because they're going to be in the same division. Yeah. It's like you put the Florida teams in the same division and then you have a choice to make. Do you put the Falcons or the Panthers in there? Because those are your two options. Right. The Panthers you can move up to put like with – you could put them with Baltimore, Washington, uh, Carolina, Washington, Philly, and then do just another team. You could do – I mean, to me it would have to be – Washington, Baltimore, Carolina. You could even put the Titans in there if you wanted to. Yeah. It's definitely something. It is the most broken 
conference alignment in sports. Yeah. I mean, you look at some of the others, they at least make sense. Like, what's your phone at, by the way? It's like dying dead dead. All right. Well, boys, that is going to do it for episode 15. We broke down all the week one games. We previewed a little bit of this upcoming week's games, which we hope you all enjoy. As Carl said, we are going to have our own conference realignment, and I'll pass that on to the other two if they are here to join us. But that was episode 15. As always, you will see our social medias at the end of the YouTube video. If you were watching this on Spotify, that is at boys to podcast for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and Boys Sports Show on YouTube. Otherwise, that was Carl. This is Big E. We will see you all next week. The boys out.